You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also podcast too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you, but I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like me. My wife likes me. My podcast listeners like me because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. Planes, trains, and automobiles, coming up next. Haven't seen it with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenay. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And today, that person is myself. Yeah. Tommy, what happened to me? Why did I not watch like the like one of John Hughes's most iconic films? How? Yeah, how... you were when we first started this podcast, you're giving me shit for never watching Home Alone 2. And like, meanwhile, I think that this is just equally a John Hughes, uh, like holiday classic right here. So and you never saw like one, probably one of the best Thanksgiving movies of all time right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Home Alone 2 is like for our age growing up, like a bread and butter, like movie that was just on every Christmas popping in the VHS tape. Like how you have never seen Home Alone 2 quite <laughs> literally is beyond me. Like I have yeah. no idea. I have no idea how. So, somehow just like slip right past me. So, I mean, but you know, plane strains, I mean, I'm glad we're discussing this. I love this movie. Candy gives an all-time performance. It's going to be a great one. <laughs> yeah, this movie, yeah, we'll we'll dive more into the movie, but stars Steve Martin and John Candy. Speaking of Steve Martin, did you watch his Hulu original Only Murders in the Building? I've seen um I haven't finished the first season, but I've seen a decent amount of it. It's a pretty fun uh, little show. Um it's good to see like him in a role again cuz you know, I feel like he was kind of missing for a little bit there. You know, in, out in Hollywood. <laughs> I feel like that was like kind of what his character's role was too. Was that he was what he plays Brazos, who's the who is like an '80s you know action cop, whatever, and he's just kind of been living in irrelevancy in his apartment in New York City, and he just loves murder podcasts. Uh, yeah, I think it's like a really sharp, well written uh, show. I particularly like how creative they were. Like they did the whole episode from Nathan Fillon's death son perspective, right? Like yeah. the whole episode, there's no verbal. It's all from the sense of like a perspective of a deaf person. And I thought that was like really sharp writing. Like you just mm -hmm. don't, you just don't see that in these kind of shows. Yeah. Uh, I still have to catch up on season two, but I would, I would definitely recommend only murders in the building. Yeah, it's it's good in general to see like him and Martin Short just like coming back a little bit. But you know, um, this is one of Steve Martin's staples right here. We're about to cover. So yeah, yeah, this is one of his staples. I I feel like Steve Martin. I don't have a ton of his repertoire. Like I've never seen The Jerk. Mm -hmm. I feel like all the big ones he did, I just never saw. I I remember reading his book uh, Born Standing Up in college, like mm -hmm. his book on stand up, like which was so pretty read good. You read his book, but you never saw any of his movies. <laughs> I, cheaper by the dozen, cheaper by the dozen too, bro. I've definitely seen those. Yeah, you've seen those. I mean, I don't, I can't say I've seen The Jerk all the way through either. I mean, like, you know, I, I guess that like for him, I remember him in the Muppet movie. I mean, 
you know, uh, as for a Muppet podcast, he was a big guy on the Muppets. Uh, you yeah, know, and he definitely did on the he was on the original Muppet shows. I remember that, like on their original run, like Three Amigos. I've never seen. Uh, I think I saw Father of the Bride one. I haven't seen that. I mean, I haven't. Seen, granted, I mean, I feel like we could just like probably make this like a Steve Martin podcast if we want to, because I feel like I haven't really watched most of his movies either. <laughs> now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, we'll definitely have to touch more into the Steve Martin of it all and dive deeper into his repertoire. Repertoire. But, but this is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Steve Martin and John Candy just met. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. They have nothing in common, except the next 72 hours. Stick with me. Do you feel this vehicle is safe for highway travel? Yes, I do. Steve Martin. Where's your other hand? John Candy. Between two pillows. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Those aren't pillows. So this movie is basically every traveling nightmare. And yeah. the, the first thought I had was, would, could you even make this movie in 2022 with with cell phones because i think they're like part of the charm is that there is no communication and everything had to be in person and manual and all these things well to be fair i mean we're still seeing movies like this like as recently as like 10 years ago we had a due date with like zach alkanakis and uh robert diane jr which is kind of similar just like road trip type movie um you know i think the road trip movie is still just something that comes on over and over again so i feel like you could still have this but it would be maybe a little bit more of him checking if his wife or something like that texting her being like Oh, shit. I mean, Uber would probably make this a little less complicated nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Given the money that uh, Steve Martin's character had, I I don't I think he would have paid a thousand dollars to Uber from New York to Chicago. Neil Page is his character. He's the the grumpy marketing executive who's who runs into John Candy, Del Griffith Griffith at various points throughout the uh throughout his journey home to get back to chicago in time for thanksgiving uh, and this was what a three-day escapade uh from new york to kansas to missouri to to st louis which is also missouri and then yeah. final then finally to chicago this movie i is we it's a, interesting because john john hughes this is like him in his prime it's a real departure from what he was known for at that time. Because Ferris Bueller came out the year before, Breakfast Club, um, mm -hmm. Pretty in Pink, um, like all those movies were were pre this. So he yeah. was kind of he kind of had the reputation as the the teen god, the guy who made the teen movies. That mm -hmm. was his shtick. That was his thing. And he completely flips it on its head here, where this is about this is about a man trying to cope still cope with his wife's death after all these years yeah. and i think the real strength in the script is the humor the humor is throughout it's non-stop mm -hmm. uh this movie had me laughing out loud multiple times and i think it's the way that they tell dell's story and the way that his actions as like a bumbling doofus is more related to the fact that this man has not found himself since his wife's death and like that's where his actions come from 
versus Steve Martin's character, who's definitely more of the straight man, right? You need the guy to latch on to, the guy that's going to be relatable to you throughout this voyage. I mean, I, I think in general, it's just like uh, this movie was just a great example of John Hughes kind of branching out. I mean, he's written Vacation, which is kind of a similar road trip type movie. Mm-hmm. But this feels a lot different than uh, Vacation in some aspects where this is like a little bit more mature. I mean, more of the gags uh, come from, I feel like, more character moments more than like, you know, there are some like crazy hijinks that happen in this movie. But I feel like the most the times I laughed the most were just John Candy just being just like his big oafish self over and over and over again. You know, <laughs> the, the hardest I laughed was they're in the hotel in kansas john candy's like oh i you know he sells um shower curtain rings best in the world and he takes john uh steve martin to uh this to this you know shitty motel you know they get there and the guy has his you know there's a prostitute and a a pimp outside like and you know you see this steve uh, uh steve martin's face guy who's very corporate America living in the brick house with the three yeah. kids, right? Like looks exactly like the home alone house. <laughs> he, it it actually does. Dude, that's what I was thinking about. It's a little smaller than the home alone house. Yeah. Apparently it's like the town over, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, when he goes there to, they go and they have to share a room and they're sleeping and Dell just snoring, like just nonstop snoring. Uh, like the noises John Candy was making had me dying laughing because I, yeah. I, ha- I have shared a room with you before, Tommy, overnight. <laughs> I'm not saying they were the- this bad, but it, the thought mm-hmm. did cross my mind on you snoring when I'm trying to s- sleep because you, you, you got you got <laughs> yourself a hefty you got yourself some hefty Z's, my friend. Yeah, exactly. I, I snore a little bit right here, too, so I can relate to that. Um, I think that what really works about this movie, what really sells it is just um just the dynamic, honestly, between the two of the guys, Steve Martin and John Candy. Steve Martin just plays the perfect straight man where, like, all this movie is just him just reacting to John Candy and just being like, can this guy be any more annoying? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, and, well, speaking of when they wake up that morning, it's a quite clear case of not gays going on there. Uh, and uh, th- this moment had me uh, laughing, too. Oh. Oh. Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. It is funny because like the, uh, the first night of them like staying in the room together, there is that just like uncomfortableness of like John Candy immediately saying like, "Oh, do you want do you want to get in the shower?" And Seymour's like, no, "No, what? Like not with you?" He's like, "Oh, I didn't mean like that. I don't swing that way." And John Candy's just like make it so uncomfortable because he can't shut up and just keeps on blabbering about it. <laughs> it just makes him more and more uncomfortable. It's just like we don't want to do this really. <laughs> like uh, these guys. I thought the race was the race was to get the bed dominance, and John Candy won. 
Yeah. Because he was like, no, 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 you go ahead. You go shower first, which is like, that's the, if you walk into a room with a stranger that you're going to be sharing this room in and there's one bed, yeah. you want bed dominance. You want bed control. And it's it's weird because the their relationship, it, it only goes down from there. Um, mm. From the rental car fiasco to the, the train fiasco, right? But I think Steve Martin is endeared to to john candy's in this like he just finds him very endearing like and this is john candy's just strength as a performer he's just he can play the lovable idiot so perfectly and it, it's hard not to to love the this kind of guy right like he yeah. just he's like the ultimate extrovert it's just like the between the two of them uh see martin's the introvert where like even like in the beginning where he's just like come yeah. on don't talk to me and uh mm-hmm. john cage is the extrovert that just like, is making friends like here and there and just like immediately on the bus he's like getting everyone to sing the flintstones let's go and then like see martin tries it and it's just awkward and uncomfortable and it's just like uh okay uh, flintstones <laughs> meet the flintstones yeah, yeah that was so yeah. that- that was so it was just yeah it's the perfect kind of like um you know odd couple dog dog and cat right yeah john candy's the lovable dog uh, steve martin's the grumpy cat they they you know and the i mean you have two of the greatest comedic actors of the 20th century paired together in this um uh, do you think that this is john candy's best performance I definitely have to say it would be up there. I mean, like, I think that's just is like the most heartwarming performance. I mean, Uncle Buck is a good movie. I mean, Home Alone, he's great in that too. But this is one that's like he's front and center, and he's just like brings he's car- out the he's best. Carrying, he's carrying this movie. Um, yeah. Whereas you know he's what he's Gus Polinski in Home Alone, but he's in that for for and they're hilarious scenes. But he's he's in it for fifteen minutes. You know, he's not in the movie for for more than that. It, that's probably even. Um, a little high like i think from the home alone thing like john candy was getting paid like minimum like to be on there it was just a cameo because of it like you know he just favored a hughes with... yeah favorite of hughes he loves john hughes well i think that what's really endearing about this movie is just candy in general i mean like in the end of the movie um you know this whole entire time you're hearing this blabbermouth talk to everyone like we were saying that he's friends with everyone he can easily make friends and then um that moment that hits when you realize that his wife is dead and he doesn't have a home and pretty much he's just been using this as an escape that he just pretty much is just so lonely that this is all he has that that moment hit like a ton of bricks um you know i teared up when i was watching that the other night because you know we're all in the winter blues and like this is a time of year where like shit like that can get a little bit worse and just hearing john candy say like oh it's been dead for eight years just really hits and really just makes makes the character that's much more sympathetic and just really hits an emotional beat to the movie that like they could have easily just made him just a goofball and like whatever, fuck it. <laughs> you need it to give it that heart. And it shows that, you know, if Steve, if anybody's uncle, Mr. Scrooge in this movie, it's Steve Martin, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what his character is. Um, what that when he goes to the rental car yeah. agency and um, what's her name? Edie uh, McClung or whatever. McClurg. Yeah. Uh, who's, yeah. who's the secretary in Ferris Bueller's this, this one just had all the staples of John Candy or of uh, John Hughes's, um, cast a cast uh what the dad from ferris bueller was in this mm-hmm. um 
it was just all the guys that you've seen in John Hughes movies, like all of them make an appearance in this movie, like all the little <laughs> bit, all the little bit players and stuff like that. Well, it's just great seeing like Steve Martin just like literally like just blow off his top because like there's so many points where he just like like really just wants to beat the shit out of John Candy, and even um in that airport scene where he just curses off um you know Edie whatever um you know just saying like oh fuck you fuck I want my fucking goddamn car. Apparently the movie was going to be rated PG thirteen, but that one scene made it brought up. it up brought it up to an R. And they tried to like you know just say like oh come on can't we? it's just okay, but it's like no you say fuck too much you can't yeah, change it. And it's only in one moment of the scene, and it, it's valid if yeah because he he rented a car at the at this next airport that he's at, mm-hmm. and he they drop him off in the field. The car isn't there, and the bus that yeah. took him drove away. So he had to walk three miles. To get back there, you know, his suit's all tattered, his Lose face his is hat. dirty, <laughs> he lost his hat, and he was just like, give me a fucking car. And her response in the end was like, well, oh, oh you don't have your ticket? Well, I guess you're fucked. <laughs> just immediately. <laughs> it's, it's like a, a way you feel for Steve Martin, but you also feel for that lady who just deals with like probably customers like that all the time. It's just like a part of her normal shit. <laughs> It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. And and John Candy um, is easily the worst travel partner. And I mean, their relationship starts with him stealing Steve Martin's cab. We get a Kevin Bacon cameo in this. I, lo- I right- love that. Just out of nowhere. Just like a, a, a no no words, no dialogue, really, from Kevin Bacon. Just immediately just, OK, yeah, he's going to pop up. <laughs> yeah, they, was, they were just like, come on. W- was this before he became a, a superstar? This was after Footloose. This, this was after, after Footloose. Footloose. Okay, so he was and, so and like he, he was known. Yeah, and he is he already did. Um, I think she's having a baby, or like at least they filmed that before. Mm-hmm. Um, which was another John Hughes movie. So you know, there's that little connection right there. But still, just like that's what's great about this movie. Just so many random people that pop up, pop up like Dylan Baker as like the weird truck driver at that one point. <laughs> yeah, and when after that, like Steve Martin and Kevin Bacon are just racing in New York City to get a cab. Uh, rush hour to get the flight home mm-hmm. and then he pays this uh, lawyer off to get a cab and while he's paying the, the lawyer john candy just puts his trunk and all of his crap in the in the cab and pulls off with it and mm-hmm. of course who does steve martin get seated next to on the plane to chicago none other than del griffith I never did introduce myself. Del Griffith, American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. I sell shower curtain rings. Best in the world. And you are? Uh, Neil Page. Neil Page. Pleased to meet you, Neil Page. So what do you do for a living, Neil Page? Marketing. Marketing. Super. Super. Fabulous. Isn't that nice? Uh, look, I don't want to be rude, but uh, I'm not much of a conversationalist, and I'd really like to finish this article. A friend of mine wrote it, so... Don't let me stand in your way. Please don't let me stand in your way. The last thing I want to be remembered as is an annoying blabbermouth. <laughs> you know, nothing grinds my gears worse than some chowderhead who doesn't know when to keep his big trap shut. You catch me running off of the mouth, just give me a poke in the chops. Oh. Oh, that feels good. Oh, God, I'm telling you. My dogs are barking today. 
What I love about that scene is that, like, immediately from the start, John Hughes just wrote it so that, so that you can get those characters dynamic immediately. Where it's just like, John Kay is just gonna annoy the hell out of Steve Martin throughout, and Steve Martin's just like, can I be with anyone else right here? Yeah, it, it was obviously the worst possible scenario. And I, I do have to say, if you take your like, sometimes on a plane, I'll like slip out of my shoes and put my socks mm-hmm. on top of them. If you take your socks off and you start putting them in other people's faces like this. Mm. barnyard animal behavior like like straight (laughs) off the barn like you yeah you cannot do this and of and of course uh yeah you know as you said like the dynamic is established perfectly and you just you get the endearingness of john candy and like his style and his delivery oh Mm. no i know please 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 i don't want to be known as that blabbermouth oh no no just poke me in my chops if i'm the if i'm if i'm bothering you right yeah. And then, you know, it does the dogs are barking and then a, and then it hard cuts to the lights out on the plane. John Candy sleeping next to him. The old guy sitting next to Steve Martin has his yeah. head resting on his shoulder. Both of them snoring in his ear. It is yeah. ju- it is just this man does not know how much worse it's going to get going forward. What's what's, what's so funny is that apparently um, on IMDb, they're talking about this where uh, had they just stayed at the airport. They probably would have made it to Chicago in time because a scene shortly after shows uh, Steve Martin's wife watching the news that said O'Hare is clearing up. So it's just like the impatience right there. I mean, what, what would you have done in that situation? Would have you just like stayed out in the airport, just like fucking all right, wherever? Well, well this will happen when it happens. <laughs> I think if I could have gotten a hotel, I would have gotten a hotel um, yeah. like nearby. If I couldn't, I don't think I'm getting in a cab with John Candy's character. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Like the guy who just annoyed the living crap out of me. Yeah, it is funny. Just like of all the people, because it, it, it's one of those things that happens in life sometimes where it's like, okay, like what the fuck? I'm seeing this guy again. <laughs> I, you know, I think what it is though is that Dell is always looking out for, for Neil's interests, right? Like he's the one who's like, I called, I got a hotel. Like you called your wife, I, I got a hotel right away. John Candy is fully, you know, Dell's character, he's fully aware of who he is. Mm. and how what he needs to do for people to maintain mm. relationships yeah and dell is not a good friend to to neil throughout the whole journey or it kind of like tops and tipsy turvies but he's he stole his credit card booked a rental car then went the wrong way down the down the highway <laughs> clipped the mirrors and then lit the car on fire yeah <laughs> All of this on Neil's credit card, not on John Candy's. Um, and you know the guy is always coming from a good place, even though his actions may not feel that way. You he's know, just a blubbering kind of like asshole in a way, uh, by accident. <laughs> not asshole. He's just a he's just a blubbering idiot. Um, jackass is, I guess. The yeah, jackass term. is more of of the right term. And you know, like when they get off the train, uh, Neil sits alone away from Dell when they get on the train the train has to stop because of course it does and he sees Dell dragging the his big trunk around and he walks over and he helps him pick it up right it's just that it's that endearing connection that these two men share no matter how unlikely it is I, I feel I, yeah it's like trauma bonding almost where they've been so, through so much shit together that they almost just like have to 
So my, my big question for you is, um, you know, at the end of the movie, you know, obviously Steve Martin brings John Candy to uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Um, do you think that they stay in touch after? Yes. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just through Christmas cards years later, um, I think I think that Neil wants to get John Candy on his feet because now he has a full picture of who this guy is yeah. and an explanation for his actions. So I think he... I think it's like it's his sense of giving back to him is like, let me get let's get you an apartment. Let's get you a place. Let's settle you down in one location, not traveling with a trunk. Right. And yeah, we'll take it from there. I, I, I think that, yeah, they essentially just like share so much trauma together where it's just almost just like, you know, uh, you know, how you make, make best friends with like your coworkers because you've been through so much shit. Almost kind of the same situation right here where like, you know, they're going to keep in touch still a little bit right here and there and like you know they're not obviously gonna be like best buds but <laughs> they'll grab a drink occasionally and be like remember all that crazy shit that happened that one time at thanksgiving <laughs> yeah and and i mean i think the reason um neil ends up inviting dell over is one like that he would be as long as he doesn't light the house on fire he'll he will be a good dinner guest you know like mm-hmm. he'll tell funny stories he'll make the kids laugh like he's got that type of persona Two, it's it's like you get to show this guy like what he's been missing the past eight years, like since he lost his life, wife, what what that family life is like, like what mm-hmm. what the meaning of Thanksgiving is all about, which is sharing time with your family. Yeah. And I think it was a way to like restore some kind of faith in in Dell and to get himself started. And I, I think the movie just ends at the perfect place because we don't we you get to just hope and pray like no epilogue no um <laughs> no hijinks happen where like you know john candy actually burns down the house like go put in the turkey or something like that <laughs> yeah exactly um and i just uh, you know think of a guy like dell like this might be the first time he's been invited into somebody's home you know no matter how easily he's able to make friends for the first time in how many years that this is the first time somebody's in welcomed them into their home for a meal yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I love the chemistry right here between Steve Martin and John Candy. It's just the perfect notes. I think it was just perfect casting, too, of like, you know, the energetic and the introvert. But um, apparently one of the things that John Hughes wanted to do originally was cast uh, Tom Hanks as Neil and John Travolta as Dell. And that would have been a disaster. I feel like oh, but Tom want, Hanks would have been good. I want that version of the movie so much because... Yeah. I'm just what's the movie with John Travolta where he plays the guy with Down syndrome, the fan or whatever it oh, is. Oh yeah, the fanatic or something. The fan- yeah. yeah, that's what it is. The fanatic. I, I just want John I'm just picturing John Travolta's character in the fanatic as <laughs> Dell. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just just it's just like it would have been it would have been too much. It would have just been like I, I can't imagine John Travolta in a really comedic role like that, where it's just like he wouldn't be too annoying. He's like too suave almost, you know, to be it. John Candy tech like apparently John Goodman was up for the role of Dell and he probably would have been all right you know it's he's not John Candy yeah exactly John Candy is the perfect guy though for the role John Candy just throughout all of his performances has him and Chris Farley are are similar in the they're always the funniest person in the room mm-hmm. it's kind of what killed them um you know mm-hmm. caused them to go in, down dark paths but they just light up the screen no matter what movie they're in like they always just bring a smile on your face um and uh, you know as you said it's like this guy like john travolta making 12 mistakes 
with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is not inviting that guy over to dinner. Yeah. Right. But John John Candy just has that endearing nature to him that that makes Steve Martin turn around on the train and go find it, go find his friend, to go find the guy he just went on this journey with. It's like puppy dog lovers, just like a dog will like, you know, cats will do whatever. Like, you know, they, they don't really care if you love them or not, but dogs would be like, you're going to give me attention and you're going to fucking like it. <laughs> yeah. It just, you know, it just kind of just wins you over slowly. <laughs> yeah. He definitely won him over. And because even when he messes up, he still finds a way, right? Like mm-hmm. he finds the hotel and then they have to go to a different train station. And I love that scene of the, the hick that picks him up in the truck. And he's yep. got his wife and kids in the front, so obviously they're they're now stuck in the back in yeah. like one degree weather. And and he's like, no, like they're carrying the trunk to lift it up. And he's like, no, 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 you get out of. The- She's gonna lift this up for you. He's, they're like, no, whoa, whoa, this this is heavy. We got we got it. We got it. We got it. Like, yeah, it, it was not the person that they wanted to. And I loved like they're having the back and forth with the dog. And then when they're pulling into town, you just see their faces. They're all red and like they have the frost on their yeah. eyebrows. It's it's uh. Steve Martin, John Candy, and then the dog, like they're all just frozen because they've been <laughs> driving 50 miles per hour in the back of a pickup truck in one degree weather. It's like perfect. There's so many like great little visual gags like that throughout. <laughs> yeah. And like when they finally do get to Chicago, it's because um Dell made friends with a pickup driver, pickup truck driver, and said, yeah. like, yeah, you can sit in the back of the truck and in the in the frozen section or you know, as a as a refrigerated truck. And, you know, he it's his ability. It's the fact that he never gave up on what Steve's Martin quest was, which was to get home. Exactly. He he knew exactly what was needed for his friend right there. I mean, they became friends at the end of it. Absolutely. <laughs> and slowly. It's, it's because Neil's not a bad person. Like, I think yeah. it's you're it's it, he, if he was a bad person, he would have ditched John Candy a long time ago. But yeah. I think, you know, deep down in his heart. Like he can just sense that this person needs help and he needs like an actual friend. And Mm. that's why he's just acting this way is like, he's trying to do anything to have somebody that to care for him because he lost his wife. Yeah. This all comes down to it at the end. I am a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. So this is a two man race. And I wouldn't call it necessarily a two man race, Tommy. Who's the star yeah. of the movie? Uh, John Candy, I think, is like the runaway right here. Steve Martin's obviously great, but Steve Martin's mostly playing off of John Candy, I feel like. So, you know, most of the humor from this movie comes from John Candy himself. It's just a tour de force performance. This is easily his best performance, I'd say. So, and, you know, well deserved. <laughs> yeah. The, and it's probably the best script he had to work on as a leading man uh, for John Candy. I mean, I just don't want to discount Steve Martin because when he does have his comedic moments, like his comedic time to shine, like the scene with um, Edie McClurg, he he rocks it on his own. Like just mm. he lets that full just like negative energy that he can wield into a, like a hilarious moment and just plays like what everybody would be feeling in that moment of just like, oh, you're you're smiling at me. You're smiling at me. I don't yeah. see you smile. Yeah, exactly. It's just like fuck you right now. So I mean, it, it it is two great little performances right there. So it's just a little bit different. I think John Candy is the more showy role of the two, obviously, and I think that's why the movie really works. And he has the biggest emotional beats of this at the end of the day, because really for Steve Martin, like all this was was just trying to get back to his family. But John Candy was just finding his 
you know, soul essentially. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we do have to talk about one of the other stars, which is John Hughes. Like this is one of the eight films that he directed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the prime of his career. Um, where would this rank for you among John Hughes movies? I'd probably put this like in the top, like two or three. I mean, I, I think I prefer this over Ferris Bueller. Definitely. And um, breakfast club, I think is my favorite. And then this is probably like a number two. <laughs> Ferris Bueller is my favorite. I just remember seeing that when I was in like fourth or fifth grade, and like that movie, you can I can always put it on and just have a big old goofy smile on my face. This mm-hmm. is probably this is easily top three though in terms of screenplay quality, in terms of performance, in terms of humor. I, I it's hard to on a podcast describe how funny a movie is, but this movie is genuinely hilarious. It's it makes you wish that they were still making comedies like this. Exactly. We need more road trip movies. Bring that back. <laughs> more road trip movies. More Tom Green, please, please, America. <laughs> That's all we want. Ah, are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. Now, Tommy, would this work as a Muppet adaptation? I mean, as we said in the beginning of this episode, uh, Steve Martin is a big fan of the Muppets, so he obviously does the Muppet show a lot. I think yes. I mean, you could literally just put it so like, you know, a Kermit would be, or Steve Martin would just be like the only human because he's like used to the Muppets. I, th- I think you have to keep both of them as humans and everybody else in the world is just a Muppet. <laughs> just Muppets like going around. And the Muppets have done a bunch of road trip movies. I mean, that was the first Muppet movie. Yeah. That was the Jason Siegel Muppet movie. Uh you know, they're used to this type of stuff, so you can see the wacky hijinks being there with Muppets easily. <laughs> well, the Jason Siegel Muppet movie was like definitely taking a lot of beats from the original Muppet movie and yeah. converting it for a modern audience. I, if you have not seen the Jason Siegel Muppet movie, it's really fantastic. It's a terrific movie, and uh, if you enjoy our Muppet bits and you've never seen that, you will enjoy that movie for sure. It's that Jason Siegel loves the Muppets, and you can you can just feel that in that movie. Yeah. I, I actually don't necessarily know if this would work as a Muppet adaptation because the two performances are just so strong. Like, it's really a two-man movie with with bit players here or there. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine if you, like, change it over. But then again, it's just like a retread of the Muppet movie where it's just like another wacky hijink thing that the Muppets are doing or something like that and on a road trip. <laughs> yeah, I think some John Hughes movies would, would work as... A Muppet adaptation, I don't think this one would. Like, I think Home, like the original Home Alone, would be like a perfect Muppet adaptation. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just uh, yeah, all the hijinks right there. I mean, like, the more cartoony it is, the better the Muppets fit in. Yeah, and I think this, I think this is like from I haven't seen every movie he's done, but this feels the most sincere and like the most adult and the most grounded in reality because that's where the humor comes from. Because all these scenarios are very plausible to get into and then they some of them go over the top but it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility so i don't necessarily know if this would play well in the muppets repertoire maybe not yeah well tommy review time give me your score to five uh, so this is a really fun movie. I haven't uh, we watched this in a while. Um, I just think that you have a great dynamic between John Candy and Steve Martin, um, and just comedic throughout, just belly laughs and everything like that. And it really hits an emotional point. So uh, I'm gonna go four out of five. I think this is a really enjoyable, fun movie. Um, drags a little bit in some parts, but not really enough to you know make it over. 
I don't think this movie drags at all. Yeah, this for me is also four out of five. Um, really funny movie. A perfect Thanksgiving movie. Um, it's got a brisk ninety minute pace, and you're you're talking about it dragging at points. I, I don't really actually. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I was just uh, vamping right there, but no, I, I don't see any uh, dragging. So yeah, four out of five. <laughs> it's just you get the power, you get the height of Steve Martin, John Candy, and John Hughes together. You're going to have a good time. Really fantastic performances. Really funny. Really great humor, and overall, just like a really. In- Deering story being told through the movie about Dell and his life. That's the story. The plot is just getting back to Chicago. And I think that's what makes this movie stand out. Cause I think this movie would just be kind of mid middle of the road, you know, kind of forgettable eighties um, comedy without it. So Tommy, any final thoughts? Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us on social media at uh, Seen It Pod. That's on TikTok, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. And leave us a five-star review. Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening really helps out the podcast. Uh, we're gearing up for a, our Christmas schedule. We're not sure exactly what it's coming yet, but we're going to find some good movies for you guys. It's a, it's a wonderful life will be coming at some point. I wanted to do it last year and Tommy's like no no let's do scrooge yeah man scrooge was definitely a better choice than it's a wonderful life in terms of (laughs) of recognizing we're almost at the one year mark of the podcast exactly it's been a year practically at this point so you know thank you guys honestly so much for listening this has been a fun year for us really enjoying the pod (laughs) we're looking forward to having it grow more we're going to take the week after thanksgiving off to kind of get our december schedule oriented And we will see you back after that. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time.